beautiful people. Welcome back to the second hour of Love Babs Love Talk. I have the pleasure of talking to uh, Mr. Norman Lewis, Emmy, Grammy, Tony, SAG winner, who is uh, back in New Haven again. <laughs> I think you should move here, Mr. Lewis. Maybe uh, so. Taking a turn at um, playing Captain Richard Davenport in the uh, Charles Fuller play, A Soldier's Play, mm-hmm. which is iconic to say the very least. Yeah. Yeah, Pulitzer Prize winning uh, back in 1981, 82 in the, that era. And uh, yeah, I'm just so honored. I remember seeing the movie uh, back in the late 80s and being impacted that way. And for me to be a part of this, this amazing play, this amazing ensemble and to read and say Charles Fuller's words, it's such an honor. I, I don't know of any other theatrical production that is this Black man heavy. Like this is a lot of black men on stage yeah. and this topic, even though it's set in uh, 1940s, 1944, Louisiana. Right. Um, I think, what do you think? Did you find that some of what was happening in 1944 still resonates with 2022? Oh yeah. I mean, you know, the, the blatant racisms, uh, the, uh, even within our own race and uh, the, the, I guess the hierarchy of, you know, trying to be like the house person and also the, I'm trying to stay away from the, you know, the real words, but you know, the, the house <laughs> I, Negro, I, know you, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> and the field Negro. And so it's, it's one of those things where it touches on a lot of different things. Uh, it's a murder mystery, actually. It's a beautiful murder mystery that uh, it has a lot of intrigue. Um, but uh, it also talks about the brotherhood of these men and uh, what they went through in 1944 um and wanting to fight for their country uh, a country that wasn't going to treat them the way that they wanted to be treated they felt like if they got to that you know uh that part of of uh, reverence uh and being accepted that way that they would be accepted in society but not the case and you know i think what i love most about this is that um this is a kenny leon production directing yeah and uh and he he is just sublime. Yes, and I think this is a 20-week run, yeah. uh, and it's debuting tonight. Tonight right. is your opening night. Right. And uh, and y'all going to run this thing around North America for, for 20 weeks, uh, and re, re, reintroducing, it, reintroducing it to a new audience of yeah. folks who, who may know just the movie and not know it as a play. Right, right. Yeah, I think the impact... That it had uh, back in the day, you know, and uh, we have uh, Eugene Lee, who's playing uh, Sergeant Waters in our show, who was one of the original company members back in 1981 with the Negro Ensemble. And he was he's been telling us amazing stories like you couldn't even get a ticket to this to this play. Um, It finally made its Broadway debut uh, a couple of years ago, but COVID hit. And so it had to, uh, you know, fall by the wayside like a lot of other shows did. But I feel like uh, this resurgence of this tour will help bring this story along. And also the fact that Charles Fuller just passed away a couple of months ago. Yes. It's, uh, this is going to be like a tribute tour for him and hopefully introduce other works that he's done as well. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, this, is, this, this is very special for me and uh, you know, something very, uh, I'm used to being in a musical and That's so, what I was gonna say. This yeah. is this is a, a a real departure. Although I've seen you in Pose, right, right. I've seen you in the uh, the the Women of the Movement, right. 
uh, the, the the five bloods. Right. And so scan- you, people you, always you, talk, people always talk about scandal, you know. They- <laughs> and scandal. <laughs> so so there's no singing in any of that. So right, right, there right. You go. So 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 for an actor, and and you're one of the hardest working actors around. Um, do you like this departure? Do you like people seeing you in a different light? Absolutely. Yeah. You always want to uh, uh, stretch yourself artistically. And, you know, I I do sing. I love singing. I love being in musicals, but I also want people to know that I can do other things as well. And acting is one of those skills that uh, it, it's interesting because people don't think that you're acting in a musical, but you are <laughs> because they're so caught up a lot of times in the, the melodicness of, of the sound. But, you know, this is not I'm not relying on that now. And so uh Hopefully people will get the truth that I bring to this character and uh, hopefully they uh, get the amazing messages. There's several different messages within this play. So you'll leave a better person than you came. Mm. So how do you choose the roles, Norman? Like you're not new to this game. So you, you've, you've been in all kinds of films and TV and plays and theater and music. How do you decide what is the right vehicle for you? Well, it's it's interesting that you asked that question. I feel like a lot of times I get uh, things are chosen, you know, for me, like I they come to me like, oh, you should look into this or whatever. But I'm just blessed. I'm just one of those actors who's lucky to to be able to work. I've been in this industry now over three decades, going on my fourth decade. Oh, God. Uh, and <laughs> uh, But still here, you know, and still wanting to do amazing work and what's actually transpired over the, especially since the pandemic, uh, there's a lot more focus on uh, stories of color, black stories. And so this reaching back to this story that Charles Fuller wrote back in, you know, uh, 1981 is wonderful to kind of like show our history and show uh, not only from the standpoint of what the story is, but what the artist brings. And so uh, I hope more of these kinds of things come to light. Mm. So does this play change you? Did it change you? Did it have some impact on you? Yeah, it, it did. It does. Uh, and I will find out, find more. You know, as an actor, you always discover new things every night that you're doing a show. Uh, you might It might not resonate immediately, but you know, I'll probably f- discover some things, you know, when we finish in June, I was like, oh man, that's what that means. You know, that kind of thing. But um, yeah, it, it does. And and this is one of the first, this is like my second show where it's all men. So there's this fraternity and this camaraderie from that, that standpoint where we understand each other and also black men. And, you know, it's interesting to watch the, the, uh, the Caucasian men that are in the show, they're learning things as well from us, our culture and the history that we bring and our similarities and there's uh, especially from the church and you know just this things like that culturally from the United States and so when you when you do a a, a project like this and and you want the the community to receive it what do you hope that people will take away from this because you know we are engulfed right now in some kind of racial conversation divide right. thing. Right. It is interesting because you know I uh, <laughs> wow wow this is this is you going deep okay <laughs> um, I guess the thing is I want people to understand that we're you know there's not only one story to be told uh, uh, in this country um, you know there's there's that whole thing about the critical race theory and what's being taught in the elementary schools and things like that but there's also the element of knowing that 
a lot of things we don't know, even as black people, we don't know that have gone on. And, and it's and it's very crucial that we do know so we don't repeat those things. I mean, for instance, the the story that uh, you know, doing the five bloods. Until I did the five bloods, I had no idea of the impact that was made in Vietnam, you know, in the story. If, you, if you've seen the movie, there's one section that says uh, American, uh, back, in, uh, back in 19, whenever year that was, um, only made up of 11% of the United States. But in Vietnam, 33% mm -hmm. of the men that were there were Black. Yeah. So that's, you know what I mean? That's, that's the numbers there that just, oh, man, that doesn't add up. So sobering. <laughs> yeah, 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 truly, truly. So I just want people to to come here, see this show, uh, be uh, enriched by Charles Fuller's words, but also leave with the understanding that, you know, that these men wanted to fight for their country. They wanted to be representative of their country. They wanted to um, love and show that they have this love for their country but yet the country not necessarily loved them. Mm. And so you you step into the role that was made iconic by uh, the very beautiful Harold Rollins, the late beautiful yeah. Harold Rollins. Yeah. And um, that's a huge step, I think. Oof, yeah, yeah. I was. I mean, I, you are a good looking man. Don't oh, me wrong. God bless. Oh, well, listen. You I'll are a very you, good looking I, man. I hope I can. Did I, let me spell your name correctly again. On the <laughs> I appreciate that. But, you know, it's it is one of those things where I, I have said that he was the Denzel before Denzel. Yes. And, you know, and he was such a brilliant actor, such a beautiful, dark skinned black man. And that actually I think that was another impact on my life, too, because, you know, being a dark skinned black man, that it, it was one of those there was some insecurity growing up. You know, we don't want to get into my therapy right now, but, you know, I. I <laughs> I, I embraced my color uh, as I got older because, you know, for years I was told, oh, you're too dark, you're too this, you're too that. But seeing someone like that, uh, that actually helped me, you know, uh, mentally, psychologically, all that stuff. That, I mean, that was, it, was, it was an iconic role. So do you think that this could, could be remade as a film again? Absolutely. Is, is anybody whispering that? <laughs> uh, I, I haven't heard that, but you know what? Anything is possible. And you putting it out there in the ethos, I think could, it could be, <laughs> you know, it's a possibility. They're remaking, even though it's going to be a musical, but they're remaking Color Purple. Uh, they're doing all kinds of remakes these days. So why not? Why not? Let's 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 go for it. And do you do you like this idea of reimagining uh, plays again and again and again for new audiences? It has to be done very smartly if that's a word i don't even know if that's a word but it has to have some intelligence to it besides just showing off i've i've seen some plays now in the past few years that were reimagined and i i you know i don't want to be like a purist and say it should have been that way but it just what for me wasn't smart enough to move forward mm -hmm. uh, uh you know you have to have a reason behind a lot of the things that you do and it, I don't know. It just sometimes it's missed the mark. But then you you see some things and you go, okay, you know what? I I can I can drive with that. I get that. I was in a show that people were very upset about. Were, that was being altered, not changed, but altered just a little bit to be a little bit more um, 
accessible to people. And that was Porgy and Bess with Audra McDonald. And David oh, McDonald. my God. Yes. And so we altered some things. And what we did is we took out what they call the recitative, which is a lot of the dialogue but that's usually sung. We just did it as dialogue and we spoke it. And so that cut down because the, the opera is like three and a half hours. Yeah. <laughs> which is beautiful. It's a beautiful opera. I'm not saying don't go see it, but most of the uh, audience that came to see ours had never seen it. They knew the greatest hits like Summertime and I Got Plenty of Nothing, but they didn't know what the story was. And so make, it's kind of altering it a little bit so people could understand it a little bit better and mm-hmm. uh, not stay in there so long <laughs> uh, really helped. <laughs> that's that's a long time. So yeah. so tell me, now, what do you like to... What 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 sort of plays do you like to go see? Do you go try to see every single thing on Broadway? Are you always looking at at other people's work? Like what? How do you do that? Yeah, yeah I do. I mean, you know, I love. I just saw. Uh, I did a pretty big sweep this past couple of weeks before uh, going on the road. Went to see Top Dog Underdog. Love that. I saw, saw that when it first came. I saw yeah, that uh, yeah, by Suzanne Laurie Parks. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful piece, and um, you know the the <laughs> the acting. In- and that is just incredible. Like you just, you can't even believe what these guys are going through. Um, I got to see Audrey McDonald in the Ohio murders, uh, which was also a lesson because she's such a, a wonderful actress. Um, uh, Wendell Pierce in, in uh, death of a salesman. Death of a salesman. Thank you for helping me out. Cause I'm losing my mind, uh, but death of a salesman. And then I just recently saw the piano lesson. Um, and I'm a August Wilson devotee. Yeah. It just, <laughs> It's one of those things where you just feel so good knowing that these stories are getting uh, recognition, these actors are getting recognition, and they're doing it. They're doing the thing, you know. So, I hope to with our show. I hope that people will say that uh, about us uh, as an ensemble. We have a great ensemble, uh, and Walt, like I was saying, Eugene Lee, one of the original people that was in it in 1981, is now playing. Uh, Sergeant Waters, the role that was iconically made by uh, by Adolf Caesar, Caesar yeah. who who did the play and the movie and the movie, yeah, and got uh, Oscar nod for it, right? Right. right so, yeah. so that tells you. But that's I like that thread that you have somebody from the original play yeah. in this production. How yeah. does that feel? Like I know the stories behind the curtains must be incredible. Oh, it's amazing, and you know he brings his wealth of knowledge, his. Uh, you know, we're, it's almost like he's bringing the, uh, I don't want to say the ghosts, but he's bringing all of the that history with him and telling us stories and that infuses us and it really, really helps us with our characters and uh, and also the storyline and understanding. If you if you listen to the language, it is very poetic. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's It's been challenging to kind of learn it because I don't normally speak this way in certain terms, but um, but it's it's very poetic in, in its uh, uh, execution. And so uh, it's it's just beautifully written, just beautifully written. And every day, like you were asking before, I'm discovering something new. I, I can imagine because it's a lot of emotion in this, in this production, in this play. There is a lot of Black man emotion mm-hmm. and aggression and anger and hurt and joy and, and love. And love, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know. And to see that with black men on stage, it's got to be. I don't, I don't know where else we you would see this. I don't know where else also, this would play. There's also a uh, a redemptive uh, quality to it with uh, you know the white officer and the uh, black officer. There's there's a there's a you you see their journey and uh, you you follow their arc, even though that there's a lot of like you know power play. Uh, 
there's some instances, especially at the end, where you go, oh, okay, all right, I think they could be friends. Well, you spent a lot of time here in New Haven. I saw you stand in for the uh, great Cheetah Revere for the Schubert uh, uh, kickoff. Oh, um, for their yeah. for their thing and and you sang beautifully you were witty you were funny you were charming <laughs> and you were in good good vocal form so uh i i think i like you both ways i think i like you singing and i think i like you uh in these productions so before i let you go i know you took a turn in uh D douglas lyons chicken and biscuits yeah. and i believe that was a comedy <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, that show have you seen that did you get a chance to see no it? i did not get a chance yeah. to see it yeah, and, and I, the reason why I was asking it that way, because we didn't last as long as uh, we wanted to. And that was unfortunate because we were one of the first shows to come back after the pandemic. And, you know, we were very careful with the COVID situation and stuff. But then, unfortunately, a couple of our uh, castmates got COVID. And so we had to shut down. And financially, it just it kind of just did us in. But um, but it's now has it has a, an amazing run around the country. It's one of the top shows that the regional theaters are doing and so i mean i think there was like 10 productions this year um and uh yeah it's a it's a comedy but it also has some heart some major heart to it and i just i'm so proud of him douglas lyons is an amazing writer uh performer as well um if you get a chance to see it, if it's in your town or whatever, go see Chicken and Biscuits somewhere. Well, you know, he's a New Havener, so. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. I'm, telling you, I'm telling you, Norman Lewis, you need to move to New Haven because it's I, all happening here. I know. This is, <laughs> there's something in the water here. I don't know what it is. Yeah, good. We got Long Wharf Theater. We got Schubert Theater. We got Yale Rep. We got all kinds of theater. Right. So, you know, you, you, you'd still be working. You, you'd yeah. work just as hard. So That's true. <laughs> I am so glad I, I don't want to take up any of your time because I know tonight is opening night right and right. I know your time is uh very valuable and you have to go and get yourself ready and prepared so I appreciate the time that you gave me this morning thank you for even wanting to talk to me that's a, a, absolutely a and I, I'll be in the audience tonight cheering you on I'll tell All you right. that thank you I appreciate that thank you so much Mr. Lewis have a good show break thank a leg you. thank you <laughs> <laughs> take care take good care oh. That was a good conversation. I appreciate Mr. Lewis coming on this morning. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, and he's about to jump off and go get ready for the show tonight. So if y'all have not gotten your tickets, and I'm and I'm sure you have, uh, just go to theshubert.org uh, and uh, buy your tickets. They are, they're going to be here from tonight until the 11th. And uh, be a wonderful opportunity. Don't miss this production. I mean, this is really Black Men Brilliance, I think. Um, if you've ever not had the experience of Black Men Brilliance, this would be the show to check out because to see all these black men on this stage and to hear Charles Fuller's words come to life, uh, that in and itself is a, the greatest gift. So thank you, Mr. Lewis. Thank you. Well, I enjoyed that very much. I didn't want to keep him long. You know, I could talk all day with somebody that I dig, but I know that uh, he had a finite amount of time and I know that he had to, get himself ready for uh, his his uh, performance tonight. And as I said, if you've not uh, gotten your tickets, you really ought to. Plus, the Schubert has new chairs. <laughs> I thought I'd throw that out there. <laughs> you know, sweeten the deal. Uh, has new chairs. But you want to go see Nor He is such a talented man. Uh, uh, Emmy, a Grammy, a Tony, a SAG. And, uh, and I'm sure at some point Hollywood will pick up on him. And he'll snag the uh, 
the golden boy. So I'm just saying. Um, Harry, where you at? I don't want we're not gonna we're not gonna go anywhere. I'm just gonna leave it, leave it right there. But that was a wonderful conversation. I know I I, I had to let him go, Harry, because I know he's got he's got to get ready to perform. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't usually know people by their name, but his face is so recognizable. I do remember him from Scandal. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. And if, <laughs> you know what? Until he said it, I was like, "Oh yes." <laughs> so he's been he's been in a lot of a lot of interesting. I, I must say though, I have not seen Defied Bloods yet. You know, Spike Lee movies be going like forever. So I, I might I might just tune it in this weekend or or when I get back when I get back from North Carolina. Uh, but I've seen him in things, and he he is. He is, um, you know, when I see him in different productions, I don't carry over uh, my image of him from the previous production. Do you know what I mean? Like if I saw him in Phantom of the Opera, if I saw him in Scandal, I don't, I don't confuse the two. So uh, interesting man, very interesting man. I'm glad I got a chance to talk to him. That's all I'm saying. So I didn't want to. Even I could say, even I could say he's very talented. <laughs> he's a good looking man i will tell you that <laughs> i won't say that but yeah he's talented he's a, he's a talented man so so i look forward to seeing him tonight and uh and uh hearing those beautiful words and watching that play you know you've seen a soldier's play haven't you harry the movie I haven't a soldier story nope let me tell you who's in this one harry Adolf Caesar, Denzel Washington, Harold Rollins, David Allen Greer, Larry Riley, Art Evans, and uh, David Harris. This is the movie? This is the movie. This is the movie from 1984. Oh, wait a minute. I got to see that. So, yeah. So, pull it up if you can. It is really, really good. So, Adolf Caesar did the play and then and then did, didn't reprise the role in the movie and got an Oscar nomination for it. So... There you go. And won a bunch of awards for the play, too. So that's how good it is. But it's, you know, it's a painful play a little bit, but it's also, like you said, redemptive and, and all the things. So so I think people will be quite uh, uh, moved by it. I'm going tonight. Andrew's my date tonight. So we're going to be there together. So I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. So I'm glad I had a chance to talk to him. You know, so that sounds like a good night that I don't like going out, but you know, <laughs> it sounds like a very enjoyable <laughs> night out. <laughs> okay, I'm sure yeah. all, all I'll have to do to experience it is look at Babs Instagram later. <laughs> yeah, I just gave my, I gave a little short, short window because I knew I know what it's like to. You know, you do all these press junkets for stuff and, you know, um, I didn't want to take up all this time because I knew. But I, I think I I think I talked about the things that I, I really was interested in talking to him about. So. So that worked out pretty well. So so thank you, uh, Anthony Lupinacci from the Schubert Theater. I appreciate you for setting that up. That was a good conversation. So. So, yeah. And you know, Harry, it's the holiday season. It's Christmas. It's time. It's it's that time of year. Maybe we'll get a little snow this weekend and whiten things up. 
It's it's a wonderful time of the year. Eh? Yes. Yes. It's the most wonderful yeah, time of the year. <laughs> you know, I got I got Christmas music on my Spotify, my car. I got black Christmas music. <laughs> All the Christmas music sang by black people. I, I, was listen, I was listening to gospel coming in this morning. Whoa. Well, sometimes you need, sometimes you need it. It's very yeah. uplifting. Sometimes you need those those that force of good to come back, you know, yes. whatever. You know, stuff like that I can't get out of my system. I, I even like listening to some preachings and stuff every once in a while. That's all right, Harry. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean it's gonna I mean, you know what I mean? Like it just means that you you enjoy some of that. Yeah. It's all right to enjoy some of that. Definitely, you know, that's 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 the part of the fellowship. I did enjoy the singing and everything together. So it's not something I'm seeking to do again, but you know. <laughs> but it was enjoyable at one time. Yeah, but you know, I listen, Harry, I, I was raised in Pentecostal, and, and there are Pentecostal songs that I still yeah. love and sing, particularly in moments when I need it. I still sing it. So I'm not gonna show up at anybody's Pentecostal church because first of all, that's an all-day affair. Second of all, it's loud. And third of all, I just don't have the energy for it. But I do like a good word every now and again, Harry. I like a good word. Yeah, you know, it. it it's, it, you just get so involved in some of these songs and preachings. Um, even Angel, who's an angry atheist. Um, if I'm looking for a, a, an album from way back and I'm like, Man, you remember the song we used to sing in church? He's like, oh, I have all the albums. I'll send it to you. I'll be like, oh, you see, you're not that angry at Christianity. And he's like, oh, yes, I am. <laughs> I mean, he could be. That's fine, you know. But but you know that's not true. It's terribly true, right? It's not entirely true. It can't because, be. Right? Because he's got some records. <laughs> right. I mean, and so much of it is edifying that is like, you can't escape it. Well, I mean, you know, Harry, positivity, however it shows up, is however it shows up. So you can say whatever, but we lean on the things that bring meaning and value and uplift to our lives. So if that's a good gospel song or a, a little bit of preaching from somebody, yeah, what? Or, or some Christmas music. Paul, Paul said we were playing the Christmas music early. Early? Right? It's like late. <laughs> late like we like he's i like never, christmas music like right after day after thanksgiving <laughs> he's never seen christmas in july on, on the hallmark channel <laughs> <laughs> and i i'm a fan and and you know when my kids were little we used to do christmas in july for real you know we'd hang one ornament up put a couple of ornaments out you know bake some cookies put some christmas music on we'd do it Oh, you know, we're to the point in my house where the stockings are falling down because they're heavy. <laughs> oh, man. I got a stocking at your house. Is there one for me? No. 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 That's a damn shame, Harry. Only the oh, only the kids. Only and, the kids. All right. I won't take offense then. And I was I was um thinking because every Christmas we have my. My nephews come over and and they have to wait. Like 
they don't usually have a stocking. I was saying this year we're going to put a stocking up for everybody because they feel left out. Um, and also we'll we'll Bella and Daisy and everything will open their gifts. They'll open one gift with the visitors and then they'll open the rest of them later so that everybody doesn't have to sit through them opening all their gifts. Okay. That's a good way to do that. And yeah. they'll be cool with that, like they won't be all bratty. No, nah, they'll, they'll, the, the girls are good. They listen. Okay. okay. Like, listen, we're not saying you're not going to open your gifts. Just going to do it later, later after everybody is gone. Yeah. I mean, and my daughter gave me a list of gifts I have to return because she's like, you can't buy everything on Bella's Christmas list. You have to allow everybody else a chance to buy stuff. So I bought stuff on Bella's Christmas list that people already bought for her. So now I have to return because Bella, see, I bought books and stuff. Bella loves books. So I'll just people, I'll go, I'll go put them in a toy, toy for tat drive. You know box. That's that's a possibility too. Yeah. Find the toys um, for tat drive. So it's like unless you, you unless you want to take them back. I'm like when. I told her when Bella sends me the list, then you have to earmark what you're getting or what other people are getting. Cause it's like I see stuff on sale and it's like, what? You know? Yeah. Okay. Take your finger off the trigger, dude. <laughs> It'll be so fast. You know, look, I got some really good deals for Black Friday. Really good deals. <laughs> I got deal. I got really good deals for the office too, the computers and all that. I mean, <laughs> I, I can't all right. All right. Not I pull the trigger. You, like, you just like shopping. <laughs> I do. I love shopping, but when I see a deal, I can't just. I can't procrastinate on some deals. You need to get Paul a better microphone for his phone. <laughs> no, that's that was the wind. Okay. You. There's nothing you could do with the wind, even if you have a mic. If you don't block the wind, you're always going to get that. Okay. Yeah. Paul, Paul is upset that his word on the street wasn't heard today. Uh, why? It, we <laughs> it was, heard some of it. We heard a lot of it. it. Some of it. But, you know, we, yeah. we do that word on the street video. That's going to be, there's a lot of gaps. Yeah. And stuff. So. Well, I mean, you know, that's just speaks to the Wi-Fi in the city and it speaks to you know, he's just, you know, that's just what it is. As The more he does it, the better he'll get at it. You know, he'll start to figure out to position his body away from the wind. You know, he'll start to figure out to be stationary. He'll start to, you know, figure out how to get a little closer to somebody. You know, it's just, it's just a little bit of a learning curve, especially when you're out there with your phone. Because, you know, people out there shooting whole movies with their phones, so... Yeah. Audio and everything. So well, you, you know, you you basically they sell these cones, right? Where it's a, basically like a cone of silence around the mic, and you you have to point it in the direction. That's what's gonna have to happen with the wind and stuff like that. We got to get something, but then you got to be hyper focused on the guy's face. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it'll be fine. It's fine. I mean, some days it is what it is. Yeah. I still like it. I still like the stories and uh, still a good idea. So, you know, well, we're winding down. I've got 
Friday. Tomorrow's Friday. Uh, you won't be here tomorrow, right? You you're on your way to uh, Florida. Did yep. your um, brother pass? Not yet. He's um, we're having a family meeting tomorrow. Okay. All right, Harry. When you're in that meeting. <laughs> I'm basically there to support. Ch channel your inner Babs. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna try to tone it down, Babs. <laughs> Just be supportive and consoling. Yeah, yeah. Of course, that's me. Uh -huh. <laughs> no, so. You know, don't don't be rushing to unplug people. Like you know what I mean. No, <laughs> they, they can't take it. Just, just, I'm gonna try to be exactly what they need me to be. So. That's good. That's a, that's a good thing. And your mother's already down there, right? My mother's down there. So yeah, it's, it's gotta it's, be tough for the mother. It's gotta be very, be hard. very tough. Yeah, because you know that bond, that connection. So you have Nora probably to like Tuesday or Wednesday when I come back. Okay. Well, um, I'm, I'm holding your family in my prayers. Thank you. You know, I'm holding them. Is uh, is Karen going with you or are you going by yourself? I'm going by myself. She she wants to come with me, but she just started a new job. Okay. I don't want to affect that. Yeah. You know, and um, her boss told her if she needs to go, she could go, but I won't do that until... Till it's time. It's time. So yeah. No, that's that's but right. But I'll have my, you know, my my sisters coming with me and my niece are coming. So. Oh, okay. So you're not traveling by yourself. No. Are you flying or are you driving? Uh a velo. All right. <laughs> I listen, I'll be on that joker tomorrow. <laughs> Hopefully so, there's no cancellations this time. Oh my gosh. So all right. Well, Nine. safe travels to you. Yep. And uh, I'll see you when you get back. Thank you for listening to Love Babs Love Talk on WNHH LP 103.5 FM, your home for community radio. Some magic hair in that old 